Welcome to The Third Rail Entrepreneur, a podcast about enrichment. Enrichment of your mind, your relationships, your body, and ultimately your business via the entrepreneurial path. My name is Alistair MacDonald. Let's get started. I had a conversation recently with a private client, and as much as I love this person, and let's call her Pam, Pam was consistently complaining about this particular employee, someone in the, not quite leadership, but toward the upper echelons of leadership inside of their business. And she was complaining and whining to me about how this person, now I'd say whining to her as well, but she was just complaining about this person. She doesn't get this and she's made this mistake and I'm so tired of it and everybody that works for me makes this mistake, etc., etc. Pam is a total sweetheart and I'm privileged and proud to work with her. She's remarkably successful as well. But as she went on and cast dispersions about the energy and effort and output of these various employees, I had to stop her and come back to first principles. And that's what I want to share with you today. First principles, in this case of leadership. I have, as I shared in my original episode, which hopefully you you caught up to speed on, talked about how many stupid leadership mistakes I've made. Just about every one. You can name it and I've done it. And I'll probably do it again tomorrow. But of all of them, it is leadership of a team and employees that I've definitely floundered the most. I feel really solid about so many other aspects of business and economic cycles and debt and leverage and scaling and the use and deployment of debt or whatever it would be, capital, inventory management, and so on and so forth. But it was in leadership that I tended to struggle the most. And so over some hard-won lessons and through many hard-fought battles and really silly mistakes, I've come to a couple of core principles, and I want to share two of them with you today in the hopes that they will be useful for those that you lead. Now, Here's something important, and this will be a recurrent theme throughout our conversations in the future, is that leadership is leadership. You are leading somebody in your life. Maybe it's your four-year-old son. Maybe, like me, it's your 17-year-old daughter and your 15-year-old son. Maybe it's a team of, like me, incredible people that are all showing up every day to bust their hump and help make your vision and theirs a reality. But we're leading everybody. We're leading somebody. Everybody is leading somebody all the time. Not the least of which is you. Now, you have a leadership philosophy. We all have philosophies that guide our lives. These are the the bumpers of our lives and set us on courses and paths that we aspire to. The issue is that we're not always aware of the philosophies that undergird our operating system. And I want to, and we will talk more about, encourage you to think about the nature of this philosophy. Is this philosophy yours? Did you absorb it from a really crappy boss when you were an employee? Are you working for a crappy employee right now? And you're designing your management philosophy as basically the opposite of everything that you're experiencing every day? Whatever it is, we've got to make sure that the philosophy of leadership that we create and adopt is one that is done deliberately that is premeditated, that is specifically what fits our personal ideals, ethics, and morals. 
So having done it wrong by being completely totalitarian and done it wrong by being the complete nice guy that I wanted everybody to like, I finally found a way to show up in the middle, that center point, where I can get exactly what I want, which is the highest possible outcomes and self-respect. When I was a totalitarian boss, I didn't feel good about myself and I produced crappy results. When I was the nice guy, wanting to be liked by everybody, whether it was clients, employees, uh, patients, uh, whatever it was, I didn't respect myself either and I got crappy results and felt that I was take, being taken advantage of. So coming back to the center point of what I call deep power or true open leadership, it took me many years, many more years than I care to confess right now. But here are two fundamental premises, two fundamental principles that I've landed on that have made a massive difference for me. So large a difference that I now have a culture in my businesses of the most generous, honest, open, hardworking, and collaborative people that I've ever worked with. And this is not a coincidence. This is not a coincidence. There's a famous old quote, and I forget who it was by, but every employer gets the employee they deserve. I shared this recently on a private network of entrepreneurs, and I could tell that it had been seen by 84 people, and it was liked by four. The employer always gets the employee that they deserve. Now, why would it be looked at by 84 people who are all following me or this page and only liked by four? Because it puts ownership right back where it deserves to be, on you. And you don't like that, and nor do I. So here's a way to show up in a way that you do like it and you create the, the results that you want. Let's go back to Pam. Pam has an issue where an employee keeps making mistakes. Pam is sure that this person doesn't get it and she's surrounded by idiots and if only they would just dot, dot, dot. Now, I know you <laughs> and I know me and I know that you are thinking the same thing. Why don't they just fill in the blank? So I want to take a step further upstream and invite you to consider the energy with which you approach these people and these circumstances. And here are two rules that have made a beautiful difference for me. Rule number one, always assume the best. Always assume the best. Not just in this metaphysical, karmic, hey, it's just really good, man, you could put good vibes out there and cool things will come. No, always assume the best of this person, this employee in front of you. Assuming the best brings our best. It brings our most compassionate selves. Imagine that you have a front desk who answers the phone. And when people call in and they're upset because their order wasn't fulfilled or they couldn't schedule an appointment or what have you, your front desk has to field all of these types of contemptible, frustrated, bitter people all the time. Consequently, they can get pretty jaded. But what would happen if every time they reached to pick up the phone, they told themselves, this person's child has cancer? This person's child has cancer before they pick up the phone. How are they going to show up? They're going to assume the best. They're going to wish for and help to create the best outcome for this person. So, rule number one, always assume the best. The parentheses is that 
Nobody wants to suck. No one wants to suck. Nobody that works for you wants to suck at their job. We all want to do good work. And if we don't, you've hired badly. If this person doesn't, if they do want to suck, if they don't care, that's your fault. You've hired badly. Your process is broken. And you need to fix that and not them. So assume the best. Always assume the best. It brings a heightened level of connection and uh, earnestness and eagerness to solve the actual problem. And that's where we're going with rule number two. Rule number two. Assume that any error is one of misunderstanding. It's one of misunderstanding. Again, we know from the first rule nobody wants to suck, so therefore any mistakes, errors, faux pas, stumblings are all ones of misunderstanding. These people are just not understanding the priority, the process, the information, the training, the how to use the equipment, how to deliver this to the client, patient, or patron. That's all. They just don't understand. This is where it gets tricky. Because if somebody doesn't understand something, we have to ask ourselves two more questions. So imagine this as a decision tree. One, a little block that says, I'm going to assume the best of this person in front of me. With an arrow that takes me to block number two, and that says, I will assume that any mistake that this person makes is one of misunderstanding, an error of understanding. Great. Therefore, we get a bifurcation. Two questions that emerge. Question number one, is this person that you have hired? You hired them. And if you didn't, somebody you hired hired them. It's on you, man. <laughs> it's on you. Is this person capable? Is, is this person capable of doing good work? As in, do they have the mental and physical capacity the mental and physical capabilities and proclivities to actually do good work? Can they hold this data in their head? Can they physically do this work? Now that is itself a binary answer. It has a binary answer. No, they don't. Well, you've hired badly and farewell to them. Simple choice. Do they have it? No, they don't. Farewell. Wish them the best, free them to the next best fitting opportunity, and free up the space for the next best fitting person. The next answer they could give is, yes, this person has the capabilities. This is where it gets tricky. Now we go to two more choices. Do I have? Do I have the capability? Can I train this person? Can I teach, mentor, guide, train this person? Can I close the gap? And not just you. Can anybody in your business train them? Do you have a process? Do you have a system? Do you have the tools, the time, the resources to close the gap between where they are and where they want to be? Where they are and where you want them to be? Mate, this is leadership. This is actual leadership. Leadership is taking people from where they are to where they want to be and finding a way to profit and plug into it along the way. Giving people who have a greater vision of themselves a clearer path to get there. That, that is leadership. That is always leadership. So can you do that? Do you have the time? Do you have the ability? 
this is where so many entrepreneurs stumble. They think that because they have a deep understanding of string theory, of theoretical physics, of logistics, that therefore they are immediately and implicitly qualified to teach it. Friends, universities are full of the most sophisticated people and the most capable people in the world that couldn't make it in the outside world. And they couldn't make it in the outside world because they couldn't teach. How many professors did you have in, in college or university that were masters of their domain, knew everything there was to know about subject X, but were horrendous teachers? Knowledge of something is not knowledge of how to teach it. Albert Einstein said, if you cannot explain something clearly, you don't understand it well enough. So let's go back a step. Do they have the ability? Are they capable? No, they're not. Farewell. Wish you all the best. Yes, they are. Beautiful. Let me put you into my, oh, this question. Let me put you into my, oh, no. Am I capable? Am I the one that can actually be entrusted to get you from here to there? Do I have the tools, resources, capabilities, etc.? Do I have the staff, the process, the protocol? The answer there is yes, I do. Great. Based on the outcomes, you might want to revisit your process. But most critically, no, I don't. And this is where entrepreneurs stumble. This is where they fall. This is the actual problem inside your business, is that you do not have, based on the results, a robust means of replicating the knowledge within your business. How do we know? Crappy employee morale and culture, high turnover, constant bickering and gossiping and what I call status trading. These are indications, crappy results, lots of employees putting in lots of hours and producing modest outcomes. These are all signs of deep misunderstanding of the nature of your business. That is on you. That is always on you. You are either picking the wrong people or your training system is broken. And this is always the root of your errors. The root of the errors within your practice, your business, your manufacturing facility, your information business, whatever it is, your service industry, this is the problem. You do not have a robust, you could say, oh, but look at this, this is our beautiful website thing, go there and watch these videos and look at these great graphics and it's all there. The results tell you whether or not it's good, not how nice it looks, not how proud you are of its creation. It is the student that dictates the quality of the teacher, not the other way around. It is the results of the student, the results of the trainee that tell you whether or not you suck or you're great. Always, always. I've taken jujitsu classes with literally multi-time world champion black belts, and I have left just as ignorant as I walked in. And I've taken lessons with purple belts that made me walk away and fundamentally change the way I see the sport of jiu-jitsu. That is the difference between somebody that has an understanding and an understanding of how to teach. That is your aspiration. That's where you need to pay your attention. That's where things are becoming disconnected for you based on the results you're creating. So, recap. Two things. First, assume the best. At all times, these people work for you for a reason. You chose them. You're in bed. You're in. You're embedded with them. You're making this happen. Do they have the ability? Yes. Great. Dig in and do a better job of teaching. No. Farewell. 
Second question. Do I'm assuming, so I assume the best of them. The second is, I assume anything is a misunderstanding. It's a misunderstanding. Do they have the capability? No, farewell. They do? Yes, great. Jump into my training system. Do I have the capability? Yes. Then I've picked wrong. No, then I need a better system. It's always on you. It's always on you, mate. So, take a look at it. Think about it. Own it. You could be right or you can be successful. You can be right or you can be happy. Focus on progress for those around you. You create an environment where your team is constantly learning and teaching stuff. You create the ultimate business, the self-replicating organism, where the knowledge at the top is actively distributed throughout the network and the entire business gets better, faster, every single day. That's you, starting tomorrow. Make it happen. That's it for this episode. Thanks for being here. Hey, there's only two things that you have in your life, your time and your attention, that you've given both to me for these few minutes of today. It means everything. Cheers. <laughs>